Good morning. <laughs> Our order of service this morning is in the Lutheran service book, page 167. That's divine service setting two. And we begin by rising. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if, if we, we confess, confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, or deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. <clears throat> Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We continue with the entrance hymn, hymn 409, Hail, O Source of Every Blessing.
peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Good morning. The first reading is from the sixth chapter of Isaiah. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, 
and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew over to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. This is the word of the Lord. Our hymn is 507, Holy, Holy, Holy. second reading is from the 14th chapter of 1st Corinthians. Since you're eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. For this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray and that he may interpret what they say. For if I pray in, in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I also will pray with my understanding. I'll sing with my spirit, but I'll also pray with my understanding. Otherwise, when you are praising God in the spirit, 
How can someone else who is now put in the position of an inquirer say, Amen, to your thanksgiving, or say, Amen. Otherwise, you are praising God in the spirit. How can someone else who is now put in the position of an inquirer, okay, excuse me, since they do not know what you are saying, you are giving thanks well enough, but no one else is edified. Thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children in regard to evil. Be infants, but in your thinking, be adults. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We rise to the According to St. Luke, the fifth chapter. Glory to you, Lord. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the words of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish, their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. When Jesus said, uh, then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid from now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats upon the shore, left everything and followed him. This is the gospel of the Lord.
God's grace, his mercy, and his peace be multiplied to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is sort of a day, I guess, of confrontation. Uh, as you can see, there's a lot of, who shall go for me, send me, is my response, send me. But then when we investigate another lesson that we have here, we go back to the church of Corinth, which whenever I've led a Bible study there, I, on that chapter, on that church, I've always said that Corinth did more wrong than it did right. It was just easier to point out the right things and just say, everything else you're doing wrong. And what was the big problem with Corinth? Well, I think it's a problem that might be familiar with us all. Why did we come to church this morning? Why did we come to this church this morning as opposed to, let's say, another church? Maybe it might have to do with what we want. It might have to do with, oh, my family's always been here. Or it might have to do with, you know, this church really fits me. Or maybe I get the feeling that God is speaking to me at this particular church. Because oftentimes I might ask the question, what's in it for me? Like it or not, sometimes we do ask that question. And we might even ask it a lot more than we think we do. Because sometimes our brains think things. And then we listen to what our brains say. We realize, yeah, I'm right. Even though I wasn't really paying attention to what I was thinking, I was thinking I should get more. I deserve more. And now that I think of all of the things that I've been thinking and put them all together, I come to a conclusion that I deserve more. I need more. I want more. And I should get more. If you look out over this nation, don't you see that? It's a lot of me, a lot of individualism. Is there anything wrong with thinking about yourself? No. But what does our text say that Christians should be about? We go back to Corinthians. Seek gifts that bring together, right? Bring people together. And sometimes you can be one person in a crowd that doesn't agree, but to speak clearly, and I'll go back to a hero of mine, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who in spite of all of the problems that he encountered and even gave up his life for that message, he kept saying, we believe in freedom, do we not? Should everybody not be free? And that was more of a message of building up than it was of tearing down. You people, look what you people have done is... A message today which, regardless of how correct it may be or 
or not correct, it divides more than it does bring together. Because it points fingers at people when we always have fingers pointed at ourselves. And so what happens is in society, we end up pointing fingers at each other and we get nowhere. Why? Because you haven't listened to me, to my opinion. When scripture and Christianity is all about forgiveness and listening to one another. But how am I supposed to listen to that person when they won't listen to me? Again, selfish. Whose example shall we find to break the stalemate of hatred and division? Indeed, back in the Old Testament we see, and if you examine Isaiah, Isaiah at that time, the children of Israel had inherited the Holy Land, and Judah and Israel in Jerusalem were fighting against each other. They were actually squaring off. Judah had attacked Jerusalem, got nowhere. Jerusalem, the king in Jerusalem in Israel, wanted to replace the king of Judah. And God was in their midst. And you see in this thing, you see God preparing to leave his presence no longer there. Did that stop them from sacrificing? No. Did that stop them from going to church? No, because that's what they wanted to do, regardless of what God wanted them to do. And God, the Holy One of Israel, he was reaching his limits. Even today, God is there. He is with us. What did he do at this time? We see in Isaiah, he commissioned Isaiah. Even though he's prepared to leave, he's saying, whom shall I send? And Isaiah, after seeing the great glory of God and his holiness, and that God can forgive sins, said, send me. He was compelled this is something far greater than just meism. Same thing in the gospel. I mean, what kind of a cruel person offers you a great catch and then says, follow me? But Lord, we've got a lot of fish here to fry. But Jesus says, follow me. Because the smart one will realize that a boat full of fish does not trump me. Matter of fact, where did the boat full of fish come from? Me. Where does your salvation come from? Me. And of course, when I say me, I mean God Almighty. Not this knucklehead. <laughs> God Almighty. And if we understand how, how God Almighty, how holy He is, once again we realize that He is such a great God, but who does He spend His time with? Sinners! And people who are more interested 
in what God has to give than God himself. Brothers and sisters in Christ, today is a day of confrontation. It's a day of challenge. We challenge each other with God's challenge. And it's as simple as this. Be innocent as infants. Be harmless as doves. But think as adults or be as shrewd as serpents. You see, Christians are not called on to be stupid. We're not called on to be, to be doormats. We're not called upon to be martyrs of the faith. But all of these we may be if it's God's will. Because we know that the riches that God gives go far beyond what we can receive here on earth. It fills us with a foundation that is not shakable. No matter what happens on this earth and no matter what happens to you or your family, this faith is unshakable. Because God is not only the God of earth, but he is the God of the universe. He is the God of time. He is the God of our very souls. And if we don't know this, then lost we are, lost indeed. I said earlier, it's not bad to think about yourself, is it? But it can be dangerous. It can be. Because we ourselves are fallen. We ourselves are sinners. We ourselves are weak. And just with, with those ingredients, people have been led astray and led away from the church. And people have lost their enthusiasm for God's word. If you look in Revelation, there's a whole list of churches. And I've often uh, uh, brought across one of them and, and, and the church at Ephesus. And what did the church at Ephesus get dinged for? Because God said, Jesus said to the church at Ephesus, you guys have your teachings straight. You know what you're talking about. You can spot a heretic from a mile away. But this I have against you. You've left your first love. Indeed, the edict for the Christian is love. God is love. God is many things, but he is chosen to be known as love. Faith, hope, love. And the greatest of these is love. And we are called to love. And we are called. Period. We are called. So when we sing the hymn, don't be heard saying there's nothing I can do. 
then put aside your selfishness. Put aside your self-doubt. Who am I to speak God's word? I am nothing. I am a sinner. And Jesus says, get over that. Have I not told you that your sins are forgiven? Look at me on the cross. I've already said it. God forgive them. They know not what they do. But God knows what we need to do. And God has told us what we need to do. Our response? Show me. Give me a sign. Give me a million dollars. You don't realize how good a Christian I can be if I'm rich. I can give so much to the church. <laughs> and Jesus says, you are already rich, don't you understand? You have not because you ask not. Well, I'm asking you right now for riches and all of those things. Well, when you ask, you do not ask for the right thing. Not long ago, Solomon, a young boy, became king. And God asked Solomon. He said, ask for anything you want and I will grant it to you. And Solomon answered, I am a young man I am a king. I don't know how to rule. Fill me with wisdom. Help me to make good decisions. Was that a selfish request? It was a, a request that I would expect my politicians to have. I would expect people of power to also have honor and integrity. And indeed, when people are running for office, this is what they tell us. And then when they take office, we are disappointed time and time again. Because after all, their party is more important than you and me. And what, are, what am I going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? We can only do what God sends us to do. And if it be a politician, then so be it. Me? <laughs> the die are already cast for me. I'm doing, I think, what I need to do. But... We can encourage one another with God's word. Love God first. Love your neighbor as yourself. And again, there it is, love. No matter what, no matter what race, no matter what religion, no matter what. Being a police chaplain, that has challenged me. But, you know, when you put it out there as a job, and my job is to go and to 
be close and to be present with people who's having their worst days. You begin to realize that telling them the truth sometime isn't it's not the right time. Sometimes it's better to hold a hand and to help them to get to the next step. And indeed, that's what the job is. Oh, it's an easy job. Okay. <laughs> Calm down. It has its times. But it ties in to, I think, a healthy approach in everyday life because you can't always yell at somebody that Jesus is Lord and have them respond, I know, I know, I'll get around to it. Sometimes there's great rebellion and sometimes there's just deafening silence because people heard about Jesus, they know about Jesus and they don't want any part of Jesus. Is that unique? No, I think the children of Israel whom God had ushered through the wilderness for 40, day, for 40 years, I think they also forgot about God and God's holiness. It is a cycle that repeats itself time and time again. Greater people than you and me have fallen away from God. But we stand at our boats, having caught nothing, having nothing to offer, working hard, seemingly getting nowhere, and Jesus says, go and cast the net one more time. What's our answer? We have nothing to gain by going out one more time and casting the net one more time, and yet we are rewarded. Because, just like Peter said, I've been working at this all night. I'm tired. I want to go home. I want to go to bed. I want to be with my family. But since you asked, Lord, I will do it. And the minute Peter stops being personal and being selfish, the minute that stops, what happens? And this is not this is not the solution. A, stop being selfish and B, Jesus will give you all your your hearts ever because that is also being selfish. Stop it. Jesus and the love that he gives us is worth it regardless of our place in life. Because this life is temporary, right? This life is temporary. If you don't get it here, you'll, you'll get it. And it's not a bad thing. Oh, well, I'm going to get you. No, you will receive what God has promised and if you want to look once again in Revelation, you can see a picture of heaven and you can see that the streets are paved with gold. But you don't even need the gold. And by the way, the gold that we hoard here on earth isn't particularly good gold. And you'll see 
that far beyond our expectations, God will meet those things. And once we go to heaven, we'll be on God's time. And there will be no more doctors. In fact, there won't be any more pastors. I'm going to lose my job in heaven. Because God himself is going to be the preacher, not me. And what am I going to do? I'm not going to worry about it. I won't. God wants me to sweep the streets? Fine. I don't care. But I don't even know if there's dirt in heaven, so I, I don't know. But you know what it takes to think those kinds of thoughts? Faith. Something that God has already given you. He's given you faith. To believe far beyond what you see. To understand far beyond what you are capable of understanding. To give, your, to give you peace in this world that the world cannot understand. You have that peace that surpasses understanding. How is this possible? Because God is holy. And God has invented love, peace, hope. God has invented this world. Not the sin that is in it, but God uses that sin to bring to culmination this sinful world. It will implode on itself. And where will we go? Well, we have a destination. We know where we are going to go. Can you prove it? Only through Jesus Christ, who came, who suffered, who died, and who above all loved. May we take these words in our hearts, be consoled, and as regenerated children of Christ, may we go out as sent ones in our own vocation, loving God and loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. In the name of Jesus, amen. And we rise and confess our faith in uh, uh, using the words of the Nicene Creed on page 170. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in the Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of His Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God, very God, begotten of me, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for our sin and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was encountered by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us in the Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures, and is in the heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who is spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the world to come. Amen.
Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Lord God of hosts, build up your church and manifest your spirit among us with wisdom and knowledge. Let our words be measured and intelligible and our fellow Christians, uh, to our fellow Christians and to those outside your church that we may utter our amens in Christ. Lord, in your mercy, sustain those called to be fishers of men in Christ's church that they would not be discouraged when they toil all night and take nothing, but continue to let down their nets at his word according to that calling. Lord, in your mercy, grant us your Holy Spirit that we may be mature in our thinking and infants in evil. Lord, in your mercy, Bless all Christian homes that your word would be sown and produce much fruit. Lord, in your mercy, give us faith to let down the nets of your word in our daily vocations and trust your son to do his gracious work through poor sinners like us. Lord, in your mercy, O God, be not far from us as you have worked deeds of salvation in Christ Jesus. So make haste to help us now in every trouble. Give healing to the sick, strength to the weak, and comfort to the afflicted. Especially um, today we ask uh, on behalf of Mr. Alton, um, a, uh, a friend of, uh, oh, Mr. Mr. Alton who has cancer. Uh, Sherry Smith recovering from stroke. And uh, Phil Dickey. Um, diabetes uh, uh, diabetes uh, problem uh, and all of those people that we uh, constantly have before us in our written in our bulletin do not forsake us nor the generations to come Lord in your mercy Lord we also ask that you would be with our sister church here in Algiers Trinity church as they uh, look for a pastor we ask that you would send them um, a pastor who can work healing and love among uh, among that uh, that family in Christ Lord in your mercy send from your altar O Lord the body and blood of Christ cleanse us and our lips by this blessed sacrament delivering the atonement Christ has won for us that we may be worthy to stand before you now at the last day. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, never depart from us. Though we are unworthy of you and your bounty, you are pleased to receive our meager thanks and reluctant obedience for the sake of Christ's perfect obedience. Let your word rule us and your spirit revive us to live, leave behind pride and anxiety alike that we may follow you in all we do through the same Jesus Christ your son our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the same Holy Spirit one God now and forever amen <clears throat> since we have provided a uh, receptacle for our offering uh, we continue with the offertory
that we should at all times and all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, for what had been hidden from before the foundation of the world, you have made known to the nations in your Son. In him being found in the substance of our mortal nature, you have manifested the fullness of your glory, and therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you, and singing. on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, and said, Take eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. When he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
single line, welcome to the table of the Lord. <laughs>
to the post-communion canticle. Thank the Lord. God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and fervent love toward one another, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. for the closing hymn, Hymn 412.